guys. Welcome back <laughs> to oh. Recreated, where Thanks. we tell stories. And we have our friends, and they come, they, they tell their stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, today, we have a special, special guest, special to me, my <laughs> oldest daughter, Cassidy Lynn Farnsworth. We call her Cassie. Yeah, wait. Or wait, Sally. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome, Cassie. I didn't know your your first name was Cassidy. I didn't no, know that. There's a fun That's a story. Pretty name. A fun story behind that because Tim and I have loved the name Cassie like since we were dating. So we knew we were going to have a Cassie if we had a girl. And um, my mom was the one that said if she becomes president, it can't be Cassie. It has to be like you have to have a proper first name. So that's why Cassidy. Which we never call her. That's okay, a great point. Okay, Mrs. President. Right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Should, everybody should name their kids so they could be president. That's that's <laughs> the way my... I mean, that's what we did with all the girls. Because Katie is Kathleen. Lucy is Lucia. Because they got to have their oh. presidential names. Cassidy Farnsworth, <laughs> president of the United States. Probably a better candidate than the... Oh, yeah. Even, even there, right now, a better candidate. <laughs> way to go. You got my vote. <laughs> Anyway, we're in that introduction part. So that's where I say I'm Melissa, and there's Jamie. Hi. And there's Keith. Yep, that's me. And today, we're not, we're, once again, we don't have a, a quote topic of conversation before the actual show. I guess we could say that. But we do want you to keep your um, questions, questions, comments, and concerns coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep them rolling in. I mean, our, our inbox is flooded. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Send them. Let's get interactive here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's something that you're like, you know what? I really, it really annoys me that Melissa's always laughing. Whatever it is, we're cool with it. Yeah, because we can change her behavior. If you send in, <laughs> if you send in enough emails and requests, we will change the way she is. That's right. <laughs> we'll change her enneagram number. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, I don't think that's possible. Uh, it's yeah, I didn't know there was a dial on that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? That'd be great. <laughs> I think I'd dial up to seven for every, you know for a weekend yes. just to try it out. Yes. <laughs> hey, it's not bad. <laughs> seven Everybody ain't wants bad. To be one. So anyway, so they can, what can they do? They can email us. Email, form, social. Okay. Call call Keith's number, 330. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just kidding. Yeah, get a hold of us. We want to talk. We want to answer your questions, at least based on our opinions. Yes. Or, you know, yeah, topics you'd like us to discuss. Yeah, that too. And uh, I'll send out some stuff on social too to remind you all. All right, we're back. So Keith's going to ask so a really fun question. Cassidy, <laughs> where were you born? Um, I was born in Akron, Ohio. There you go. That's, oh, that's cool. That's cool. But I've lived in Wadsworth my whole life in the <laughs> same exact house mm-hmm. for 18 mm-hmm. years. How do you feel about that? Um, I think I like it. Because <laughs> I, now I growing up, I had a few different houses I lived in. So I loved the idea of being in the same house my whole life and going to the same school system. Like I always thought, ooh, that'd be magical. So 
If you could do it again, would you? Oh, no, I don't know if I ever would have wanted to switch school systems because that's stressful. (laughs) (laughs) So you're cool with the way things turned out. Yeah, I think so. So um, (laughs) tell the folks where you're at in, in life right now. Okay, so I'm 18. I'm a freshman in college studying architecture at Kent State. And um, and would you say, like, what would you say your passion is? First, let me tell a story. Okay. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you got to, okay. you, and you're married and you have five kids. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah okay. Mm. Yeah, that's <laughs> like the old days. Like the old days. Yeah. So, so the, thing, the thing that I think is fun about Cassie, the, the thing you need to know, if I tell you this story, you're going to know everything you need to know about Cassie. Um, so when she was younger, to punish you didn't punish Cassie in the way you punished most children if they got in trouble <laughs> on the rare occasion she got in trouble and I would say she was maybe can we say like five do you think yeah well like four or five because okay. it wouldn't have been kindergarten okay and so her dad has the mind of a well let's just say it's good that he uses his powers for good and not evil so he <laughs> well he, he has realized, magic hugs we know that well he has magic hugs <laughs> but also like I say he could have been like in the mob or in a serial killer. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he ended up, he's a genius. Gosh. A closet genius, we joke. <laughs> um, so anyway, he <laughs> sensed that the way to punish her would be to take away her crayons. <laughs> and what did you say when he took away your crayons? Oh, well, I told him that he was ruining my life. <laughs> <laughs> and little did he know he was. Yes. I think he knew, though. <laughs> he, yeah, like he might four, have at known. five years old? Yeah, yeah. I don't oh, remember that is, this. But that's funny. Yeah, it's that's a story we like to tell. Mm-hmm. That's uh, actually what came out of your mouth. Yeah, you're ruining my life. <laughs> and she wasn't. She didn't have a flair for the dramatic, so no. she wasn't overstating it. At five years old. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that's wow. great. Now that either says, well, that only says one thing: that crayons <laughs> were heavily important to you at that time. Oh yeah. She hadn't she, got her first uh, color pencil collection yet. Oh yeah. Right. True. Because yeah. we have a, also have a picture of her. Um, passed out on her. We had like an island, you know, with stools and she was coloring and she just fell asleep coloring. Wow. Legit. Was that like how you spent a lot of your time? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, from what I can remember. Yeah, because like I can remember like, you know, cousins or friends coming over to play and hang out and I was like, you want to color? Like, <laughs> that's what I want to do. Wow. Yeah. So, so do we, can we just... Can we do a quick fast forward to your skills now as an artist? Because I've seen her art. I think we all have. Yes. And it's pretty unreal. So <laughs> it was it was definitely meant to be. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it was a gift, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you want me to oh, say? I just, what I, just, I... I just wanted to say it makes a lot of sense that you had. Oh, yeah. That, that yeah. was life altering to get the yeah. crayons taken away I from think, you. Right. And I think it's funny. Like, okay, so you artists, I'm going to mess things up. You call it mediums, right? Oh, yeah. So what's your favorite mediums? Um, and then your least favorite, because there's one you get kind of Yeah. Well, about. it's it's odd because for the longest time, my favorite would have been like colored pencil hands down yay <laughs> yeah and then um with, it was like my junior year of high school i wanted to try a oil because i'd never done it before mm-hmm. and so i did and i loved it because mm. the thing about oil is that if something isn't quite right you just mess with it until it is because it takes so long to dry that you just have so much time mm. and um 
And so, yeah, all throughout my senior year, that's basically the only medium I used. And if you would have asked me, <laughs> I don't know, like two or three years ago, what my least favorite medium was, I would have said watercolor because mm. it's so hard to control. Mm -hmm. And you really have to kind of let it do its own thing. And I'm not into that. Um, she's an Enneagram one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to guess at the end. <laughs> That's funny. You yeah. know, I am with you 100%. I'm not a watercolor person. I love oils. Really? You know what I like? I like the way oil feels under the brush. Yeah. It's so smooth and like the texture. It's like butter. I was just going to say, it is, is it buttery? Because that's, oh, yeah. that's a language it's I understand. Nice. I use yeah. butter. It's I, love, yeah. I love oils. Well, and the way it dries just looks so different. Like it's just so like it's warm rich. and it yes, doesn't and lose rich. its color. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's awesome. It is. Yes. Now watercolor, that's a little too pastel-y. Too it is. And, and once it's down, it's down. Yeah, like you can't that's really true. Paint you can't white overwork over it. it. Yeah, that's a tough thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's not necessarily true. No, you're right. I actually had this conversation over the weekend, and he's like, "No, you can," but I, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it depends if you're. That's where you get into mixed media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you that's combine true. watercolor with other stuff, so you can get your whites back. Yeah. Mm. And so you, you this is going to become an art podcast. Well, it's okay if <laughs> it is. Today, it's whatever it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you because okay, so we went out to, uh, out west, went to Montana. Oh yeah. This would is that when you started doing the watercolors? Was yeah. after Mo Montana. So I not watched... this past summer, guys. We didn't go to a national park this past <laughs> the summer before. <laughs> so you actually, so you went from I'm not going to use crayon, but for the early part, you were in pencil. And then you moved into oil, and then after you graduated, you got into, you got into. I would say it was the summer before your senior watercolor, year, right? Yeah, no. Well, here's the thing: it was yeah, summer, summer right before my senior year. Um, there's an artist that I watch on YouTube, and she went and like traveled to Greece, and she took a watercolor journal with her, and just kind of like plein air painting kind of did a quick one yes wow and i loved it so much and she used ink with it which is the only time i like watercolor because mm. you get a better Those idea what lines. you're looking at yeah, yeah fine lines mm. so when we were out west i took a couple i bought a i bought a watercolor journal and i took a couple panoramic photos because my family wasn't gonna wait for me to paint right then and there <laughs> but um like when we were in the the airbnb or, you know, even when I got home, I started to paint all of those panoramic photos that I took. Mm -hmm. And it, and I had like a new appreciation for watercolor mm. because it was just about getting the general gist of, of that image that I had seen, mm -hmm. you know, that feeling that I had in that place. And, um, and it was a lot, um, there's a lot less intense. They're like a lot more relaxed. Mm -hmm. to get to I got that. a question as a, someone who does art do you find it hard to capture the feeling of a scene after the fact yeah i don't like like I, there's n you can never really like it's it's one thing to be there and experiencing it firsthand but you can never i don't feel like i could ever fully capture it in a picture or in a photograph or you know, painting whatever you want to call Somehow it. Somehow it loses a sense of what it was. It's yeah, it's just not quite the same. Yeah. Hmm. You're, 
Cassie's very deep for 18. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she's on the show. Okay, so so you're obviously a very skilled artist. Where did architecture come in? So in eighth grade, um, there were a couple things that happened. I took a semester-long class called pre-engineering, and we did a a day where we a career day or something like that where you got to pick a career and then you had to go around and like pay bills with the salary they gave you and Hmm. they told you how many kids you had and things like that that's that's smart yeah Mm -hmm. and so i picked up immediately on that list the artist was not an option (laughs) (laughs) and i was like man that really sucks (laughs) there's a small percentage yeah yeah. (laughs) so um so i i can't remember what i even chose but i remember being in that pre-engineering class and we were doing some kind of activity where our teacher wanted us he, he wanted us to make a list of you know ways to improve the room that we were sitting in and everything I was coming up with I was like you know I just don't like the way this feels in here I don't like the, you know the way the windows are shaped and the lighting and the ceilings and the, the, the. and he's like he's like that's not that's not really what I wanted you to do with the project <laughs> he's like that's great but you know that's not what I was looking for he's like but you know what we have a architectural um, design class at the high school. So, you know, when you get up there, you should look into it. So I did. And we ended up doing like this project. You got to design a resort for Disney World, kind of. And Oh, that's fun. Yeah. There was a little bit of model building and stuff like that. And so I was like, you know, this isn't too bad. And then um, I did a two-year program called Engineering Design Technology. And it was mostly about mechanical engineering. But if you wanted to like change your focus to architecture you could do that within the program um which is what i did and um and it just felt it felt good it made sense to me because it was a little bit of problem solving and mathematics and it was a little bit of the art and the design and it you know it blends so well together and enjoy all those different aspects of it so so now i'm studying it in college (laughs) you know the beauty of art is you can pick up on all the other stuff that you're passionate about like later mm-hmm. and and still it can be a hobby it can be side gigs right. you know what i mean like you can always do that stuff right and then you have your salary or your career right you know yeah you got to pay the bills unfortunately yes. well you know you, you may you may laugh at this being in this particular field myself for so long i'm starting to see customers looking for hand drawn artistic renderings Hmm. really yeah i was i had i saw one the other day actually and they were looking for watercolor (laughs) renderings of their of their interiors oh oh interesting i was like wow this is new (laughs) we're going back in time yeah Yeah. it's so you never only only compliment what jamie's saying you never know how your skill set it's not like because you become an architect, you stop being an artist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in today's economy and the way things work through the Internet. You could take that and go a hundred different directions. You really can. Yeah. You learn the concepts of space, spatial design. I mean, Hollywood is full of graphic artists that do nothing but set design and mm-hmm. imagine these architectural worlds. And if you have an architectural background and you're you're really really good at art, Ooh. it's who knows? Oh, it really oh, yes, is. Yeah, there's just that. so many opportunities. Yeah. It's it's really becoming 
I don't use this lightly, limitless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like you get a degree in architecture, you got to go work for a, for a person in an office and design houses. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that anymore. That makes me so happy because I did an internship my senior year and I was working, you know, with a big firm and it was like it just sucked the life out of me. Like it was the worst mm. thing. I dreaded it every really? single day. Yeah, well, and, you know, the work they were having me do, like, I was scanning plans and, you know, uh, making copies and, like, things like that. Yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, like, intern work. Right. <laughs> As one does when they're an intern. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. And then it almost, it made me, like, I almost panicked. I was like, what am I, like, what am I signing up for? Wow. Like, I don't want to do this. So... Yeah, and the other thing is, you kind of got to pay your dues. Yeah. You know, you have to kind of suck it up for a few years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and by the time you're in it long enough you have so many connections and such a big network that that's when the opportunities start to pop up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, for me anyway, that's the way it's worked. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> I, I like that makes sense to me because I was job shadowing with another architect and he was explaining, he actually, you know, did Kent state the, you know, their program and everything. Hmm. And he was talking about, um, you know, all of the different firms that he worked for and, you mm-hmm. know, his job within each firm. And now he's working for himself and he's, you know, been able to design these crazy, crazy projects and yeah. things yeah. like that. And yeah. yeah, but but he's, you know, like 60 now. So yeah, right. And he right. knows people and people come to right. him now, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, so so what? Go ahead. I was going to say, should we continue talking about art or? <laughs> well, I well, my next question. Okay, so so so, suffice it to say, you graduated in the midst of a pandemic. So, <laughs> without without judging up, it's it's kind of like when you've just come out of war and you're like, tell me the stories. Um, not really now, guys. No. I know this isn't war, but um, but so. We got the word. When did we get the word that school was going to be shut down? Um, it was right before March 17th was my last day of internship. And that was like a Tuesday. So, And then and <laughs> then at first that. it was just going to be like a spring break. We were right. thinking we'd like go back Like three or four break. weeks off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at what point... Okay, so then we realized at some point... Do you know when we they told us it was going to be the whole... like. We were done. We weren't going back. Because they was kept like, waiting. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of... I think of, it was like the middle of April, wasn't it? That before we realized that we weren't going back at all. Yeah. yeah, it must have been because they changed the date then and we were going to go back like first week of May. Yeah. But then they, yeah, and finally they told us it was, it was over. Done. Yeah. And so wh- what would have been, what would you say was the hardest part? Because at least when I think about it, it was just, there was just that prolonged never, like yeah. it would be, I don't even know if it would have been better. Would it have been better if they would have said, all right, we're scrapping this year. We're not going to have any of these things or... Was it somehow better that little by little you got more used to things and then they took something else away from you? I don't know. That's a good question because like I think about how like for the longest time they kept telling us like they kept promising us a a prom and a graduation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's okay. Like, like I'm okay with the fact that the rest of school is going to be online. I can do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I really want prom and I want a normal graduation. And then as time went on, it's, you know, like, well we might have to be outside for graduation and you know, we might have to push prom back a little bit. When did you get the word about the art show? Cause that was the oh, thing. That's true. Then that too, that was another thing I was really looking forward to because 
my senior year, I took AP art, and you spend the entire oh, year. Oh, that big show you guys the have The entire year. year is built around this one portfolio or this one concentration. And you get an entire board. You get to display all your artwork from high school, anything yeah. you choose. You, you know, you design the layout of everything and you set it up yourself. That didn't go down. And I no. didn't get that. No. And way. I was really heartbroken about that. That was, that, that might was, have been the worst. That was the of only everything. time. I saw you cry about just like how, because you yeah. were like, you seemed to take everything else in stride, but you stopped by the salon that day and yeah. you had a little tear in your eye when you were like, I just got the email that we're not going to do that. Yeah, mm. that was hard. But, you know. Do you like, have all the pieces? Yeah. Yeah, I still have everything. You should make a portfolio out of it. Well, I kind of did. Like for my graduation party, we had everything set up. Like I would have, kind of like I would have set it up for you know the for art the show. show so that was you know comforting in a way yeah yeah i mean <laughs> kind <laughs> of <laughs> yeah it was something so so you didn't have prom right but they had some sort of senior celebration you had to stay in your car with one other person <laughs> yeah and a participation award she, she decided yeah. not to do that i wasn't into graduation that. what would you say about graduation if you could sum it up oh you know i was really glad that we were all together as a class because mm -hmm. like I think about my cousin's graduation and it sounded like she she came in to the gymnasium with her family and it was just her and her family and like the principal. Where where is she? Cloverleaf. Yep. Yeah. My, my, yeah, and they just like videoed it. My right. niece is in Cloverleaf. She just graduated and that's yes. what they did. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. like I wouldn't have I would have hated that, you mm -hmm. know. So it was nice to still be with everybody. We were, you know, all in our cars. Mm -hmm. Um, but we still got to walk like up and kind of across the stage and, mm -hmm. you know, get our diplomas. So I think I had best case scenario with that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, obviously other schools is a lot worse, but, um, but it took too long. Right. <laughs> it was kind of painful, but <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah. We were at, away, one so. point, at one point, my husband looked at his, Tim looks at his watch or whatever the time and, and does some calculating. He's like, at, <laughs> at this rate, this graduation is going to take seven hours. Yeah. Did it take seven hours? I don't, I don't know. know. We got out. We were out oh, so of there. You, once yeah. you were through, you're like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you could stay for the tassel turning, you know, part Aww, of everything. Tassel turning. But I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's go cool. get food. <laughs> and we did it. And this was the, the least yeah. like, like you that yeah. I think you've ever done. So we went to was, the rail. Is that what yeah. it's called? Ooh, yeah, it's no. good. Good burgers, mm. and and I said, you know, you know what? You should just wear your your gown in. Like she had her, I'm like just do it. Nice. <laughs> like let people know you just graduated, <laughs> and she did. Oh, well done. She wore yeah, it, and then she got a big. And so the the they gave me ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It was nice. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah. All things considered, it wasn't too bad. I think that's the. I think that's the the if you had a title for this year yeah <laughs> all things considered i survived right. yeah or just all things considered right. maybe that should be the name of this one yeah <laughs> yes you know i yeah. try to think about my back in high school and i'm like yeah i don't know i don't know where my head would have been if everything was like this i personally i might have been like sweet we're not going back to school <laughs> yes right. you know right. i don't really care but I mean, you're much more mature than I was, and well, your mentality's <laughs> much different. <laughs> no, because I think about that too. Like, you know, the first couple of weeks, I would like, I had, you know, leading up to that period of time, 
Like, I was so stressed out of my mind. I had the worst, like, winter with seasonal depression and everything. Mm. And so I was, like, in a low place. And so when they're like, okay, you don't have to come to school and you don't have to go to your internship. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can yeah, do that. Like, yeah. Enjoy I'm the so summer. down for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, I was cool with that. But then, you know, like I said, once they started canceling things like the art show and, oh, you know, yeah, not yeah. getting a prom, things like that. I was yeah. And I would say, I mean, three daughters, all three different personalities, and they all had their breaking points at different times, but they all had that sense in the beginning of, oh, you know, no, no more, or, you know, a a long break or whatever. But then each one of them was like, at some point, like, okay, like, I want to go back. Mm. Like, none of them were psyched that it. Well, and even now, like starting a new year like this, I would, I would hands down, I'd take the. Like I would go back into school and I would sit through every class, even if I thought, you know, oh. like I don't need to be here for two hours. Like wow. I'd still, I'd do that right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause I just. The normalcy. You just want yes. that back, right? Yeah. So you, so you're saying you wish you could be in person with your classes. Yeah. With all of your classes. And you have I think two so. that are in person. Right. And well, and I was talking to Abby about that today too, because. Abby is our fourth daughter. Yes. Sweet, just sweet so Abby. Know. I love From her. From another mother. Yes. Yes. Um, we were talking about, you know, online classes and the difference. And it's almost like, um, you know, when you go to school, you have your class time at school Mm -hmm. and then you have your homework at home. Well, now it just feels like you have double homework because your class time is home. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's homework all day. (laughs) (laughs) And it takes like double the discipline, you know, to to get yourself to wake up and watch the 45 minute boring boring video that your math professor just posted oh, and you don't know what's going on. I hope like, he doesn't listen. He's a snappy dresser. He doesn't know who I am. I mean, <laughs> I don't think? know. I think yeah. <laughs> What if he googles you? That's a good point. We might have to change my name for the podcast. <laughs> now that we can't because we just talked about how You were just kidding. Math's your favorite class, right? You know what? It she generally does, speaking she does it like is. Him. I yes. love math. Yeah. And um, which is something I never thought anybody that came <laughs> from my loins would have ever said. But yeah. my girls love math. I oh, do. No, That's it so just, great. It just yeah, clicks great. and it just makes sense. And I love it. And I was looking forward to this class and I knew it was going to be challenging. But like, I was like, that's OK, because I'm so good at math and um, <laughs> and it's calculus. And no. I've, I haven't really technically taken calculus yet. And the funny thing about calculus is that it's so far from math almost because everything's hypothetical and there's so many different ways to solve a problem and so you know where you think of math and you're like oh well you know math Mm. has one right answer and Mm -hmm. there's you know only so many ways to get there and it's so logical this is not (laughs) this Mm. is none of those things it's Mm. just all over the place and it's you know specific instances is when you use this and so it should be its own thing calculus and then math so it's like a math class it would be like a class about like feelings it i love it's so oh open-ended and i hate goodness. it yeah well the any enneagram charts based on math right <laughs> it's numbers yeah. hey i don't know if uh, we can cut this if you don't want to talk about it but you mentioned seasonal depression yeah are you willing to talk about that i think so yeah so so i would i i i don't know 
I, I would say most people in this area struggle with that in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I fair think to say. I know that I do. Yeah. Right. Um, but I even struggle with it day to day. Like yesterday I was like, man, this sucks. Yeah. If we had like monsoon storms and but when the sky is blue, it's just changes everything, everything about me. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So that's something that you struggle with. Have you struggled with that for a long time or just noticed that in the last year or two? No, it's been, I'd say since seventh grade. And it's funny because like I think about like my memories of winter from like as a little kid mm-hmm. and they're always sunny somehow. Mm-hmm. Like the snow is really sparkly mm-hmm. and, and the sun is always shining. But um, it was around seventh grade. I had a, I just had a really bad winter. There was a lot going on, mm-hmm. you know, with friendships and, and things like that. And um and ever since then, you know, like winter would come and I'd, I'd have thoughts where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be cold for the next three months and I'm never going to feel warm again. <laughs> and, you know. And, and then little did you know, it was really like it, five months. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's and worse. Then, and things like, you know, and then like realizing, you know, I'm not going to see the sun for five months or things <laughs> like that. Gray skies. Gray skies are just the worst. Oh, I know. So, um, I know. So, yeah, it was always kind of like... I dreaded winter for mm. ever since seventh grade and um and it's always been rough but like this past winter was especially bad mm-hmm. and I think part of it was stress of senior year like mm-hmm. I was trying to juggle a lot and um I wasn't like you know I wasn't taking the time to take care of myself kind of a thing mm-hmm. and so I got burnt out and it was just and it and too like you know i'm coming to the end of high school and i'm starting to you know really really think about what the next four years are looking like and what those four years are going to lead to and so i'm working at this internship and i don't like the way this feels Mm. and i'm thinking oh my gosh like this is what this is what i'm signing up for like i'm signing up to stress myself out for the next four years so that i can have a job like this and i don't that sounds miserable yeah and so life like was really really like hopeless like I use that word a lot during those months because that's what it just all was. It's just hopeless. And the weather Doesn't, is unmotivating. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't have a transition for that. But just to say, I think um, something that's good to do or something that we're getting better at, especially as Christians as is admitting that our humanity, I guess Mm -hmm. that we struggle, that we have bouts of depression or bouts of anxiety or just difficult emotions or just really low lows. Um, And that has no bearing on whether or not you have faith or whether or not you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Like that is not, that doesn't, that, that doesn't determine whether or not you're going to have depressed feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, and to that end, we, uh, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is because you're, you're, uh, would you uh, call yourself a Christian? Yes. (laughs) Um, and so do you feel with that, have you felt a weight like, okay, because I'm a Christian, I have to have it more together than my peers. I have to like, like, I gotta, I gotta have this thing that they want because they see it in me and they see the joy and like, <laughs> right. have you felt that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And like, um, I have friends or yeah, let's call them friends. Okay. <laughs> I have people 
in my life who like you know we went down separate paths in high school or middle school or whatever you want to call it and I look at like you know the things that they're doing and the way that they're living their life and I'm looking at the way I'm living my life and from the outside their life like it looks good like they look like they're having fun they're partying it up and like they're not (laughs) feeling anything and I'm sitting here and I'm like feeling everything I'm depressed for no good reason (laughs) and um and I'm not like I'm like how and and I think I should, you know, like, I'm like, I should have the tools to fix this. Like, I should know how to get out of this, you know? Right. Like, being a Christian, you know, like, Jesus is hope and <laughs> love and all these good things. And so, like, why why do I feel miserable? Hmm. And and I know things, too. Like, and why can't I, why don't I feel, why don't I want to believe them right now? Or things like that. So, And what's the answer to yeah, that question? Yeah, what do you say to yourself? Is there, st- are you still trying to resolve that? Yeah. Well, there's, I was thinking the other day because like, I'm still kind of, you know, like it, I don't even know, I don't know if you can call it seasonal oppression anymore, but like, you know, this summer, just the way life has been, I'm still kind of in a low place. Mm-hmm. And so part of me is like, well, why, why wouldn't you just maybe pray about it to like tell God you're in a low place and ask him to help you out. And and I stop and I think about it a little bit and I'm like, cause that's gonna, like that takes a lot of like energy and almost like it takes hope. Like, like mm. it requires me to have hope that he's going to fix it and, and it's all going to be okay. But I, th- but that feels backwards to me when I really stop and think about it because the whole idea is that Jesus is supposed to give hope. Does that make sense? Or you, yeah, or or that he is hope. You right. should have hope. So why does it feel like it requires me, like like I require myself to have the hope before I can take it to him, rather than just, you know, receive it? Maybe I don't know. That's a heavy. That's a heavy, heavy thought. <laughs> so so what? It really is. Yeah. Why do we struggle as Christians? I mean. Last last week we talked about why do we still or a couple weeks ago we talked about two words we talked about two words um, why do we struggle with depression or mental illness or um, you know some some um, theology or preachers would say you don't have enough hope you don't have enough faith God will heal you if you have enough faith mm-hmm. that's um, the essence of what. You're saying, tip, yeah. basically, you're not. Preacher's not saying it to you, though. Well, <laughs> you're the one with the ability to solve your problem. So why haven't you figured out how to solve your problem mm. yet? Yeah. yeah, you have the tools. Why? Why aren't you? Right. Because as a Christian, you're supposed to fix yourself <laughs> and have it all worked out. And yeah, and you're not alone. I think. Yeah, we you're not all struggle with the yeah. same I mean, thing. You're you're saying it. That's why it's, I, it's such a profound question because you're not the only one wrestling with that question. Mm-hmm. that's good <laughs> there are there are seasoned adults mm-hmm. still wrestling with that question yeah mm-hmm. who've walked with jesus a long time mm-hmm. and boy i'm one of them oh yeah honestly yeah i struggle with that very question a lot why haven't you figured out how to you, you've been doing this for 40 years why haven't you figured it out yet what what comes first the hope or the or the fixing does he need something from me to fix me, or do I have to just sit here and wait? Mm. Which she's over the waiting part, by the way. She said she's over waiting. Yeah. 
<laughs> Does that um, mean you're you're frustrated with the waiting? Um. Well, I don't even know. I don't know who I'm waiting on. I don't know if it's myself or if it's or if it's God or what it is. But I'm just tired of being where I am right now and feeling like I can't get out of it or can't move forward or. You know, when hmm. when Len was on the show, he talked about God having us go through a desert, right? Or a dry time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just takes time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you have a... I, so, so we could talk about everything you've been through and more. And I don't know how a person of your um, emotional... Um, depth, depth, maturity, and maturity, and and um, smarts <laughs> could just go could just go right through it and not not like have it all affect you. You've had so much happen to you yeah. in the last six months, right? That none of it's normal, right? You know, you're going to school, you're wearing masks. There's probably like what ten people in your class because it's limited seating right now, or yeah, they do. They have everything all spread out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nothing's normal. And can we talk? And can we just talk about? Let's talk about the logistics. So here's the deal: her sisters want reports about what guys are hot at school. So <laughs> she tells them which guys. Mom, I'm, what are you doing? I'm, I'm helping. I'm helping people get a gist of what it's like. And so what we had to do was because <laughs> her sisters, that's a thing. And she's like, I don't know. So-and-so has nice eyes. Like it's not, that's not the forefront of her mind, but it's the forefront of her sister's mind. So in order to even know what this guy looks like, we have to like Google his picture because you don't oh, know what anybody s- actually looks like. Yeah. So you're meeting all these people for so the, the first time. Oh, because they have masks well, on. Yeah, so the, so the, simple, the simpler way is, is that, you're you're not just it's not just all these s- kind of higher ideas it's just weird. this whole situation is entirely challenging the way you've learned how to socially interact yeah right well and i came home monday would have been like my second day of of real class like you know driving up to campus and everything and i was driving home and i started bawling like like crazy, like sobbing to the point where I was like getting dizzy and stuff and struggling to breathe. And, and I was thinking about how unfamiliar everything feels. Like I'm in a new place with Mm. new people. That's unfamiliar. The way I'm doing school is unfamiliar. Like, you know, relationships are, you know, some like that's unfamiliar, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know. And it's, it's not, not an ideal way to enter into adulthood. Right. <laughs> but uh, but the but the comfort that I've gotten from a couple of my girlfriends that I talk everything through with, they shared what their freshman years of college was like. And that's another thing I don't think we talk a lot about is that transition is pretty darn hard for a good portion of people. Mm. And I do think that it does go back to uh, personality to oh, maturity level because I think for some it is like you know a party mm-hmm. but for others um, those of my friends that uh, share similar Enneagram mm-hmm. like it was really hard it just mm-hmm. was yeah. it was just you know and but everybody's telling you it's going to be great and it's going to be your thing and nobody accounts for just that that time of transition it just is mm-hmm. it's just hard so, well it 
and I want to ask this question because it's to me this kind of points the direction because you know it sounds to me like you're questioning purpose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, she laughs because yes, yeah, yes, because. If you can ask your, if you can go into an internship and be, be um, put together good enough to recognize in four years, this is the kind of work I'm going to do, and I'm going to spend four years of, you know, one of the more difficult degrees out there, getting ready to do something that right now this is not what I want to do with my life. If you got the maturity to ask to say that, then you've got the maturity to ask this kind of question. What is architecture, and if I'm a believer, how does that fit into my purpose mm-hmm. as a Christian in your kingdom? Yeah. That is the bigger one, and I think if you don't know how to answer that one, you can even have more depression. Right. Yeah. Um, because now you're, you're challenging, you're, you're questioning yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's my question. How does architecture fit into the kingdom? <laughs> I hate that question so much. Um, so you hate it because people have asked you and you don't yeah, know what to say. Yes, because really. So a couple years ago, we had that life conference, which is you know everybody in our in the you know Christian Mission, Missionary Alliance, all the high school students get to go and have this really cool experience. And um, and there's a altar call or something yeah, it's like, like that. like 5,000 kids, right? Yeah, I yeah. think only 6,000, but oh, okay. yeah. Um, but there's a part at the end where they, you know, they're like, if you feel that God's laying, you know, like missions on your heart or, you know, something along those lines, you can come to the front and there'll be people to pray over you and stuff like that. And so I went through that and I was like, I felt called to missions specifically, I guess. And so I walked down to the front and, you know, I stood there and I sobbed and I, you know, like whatever, sang a little bit of the song they were playing. And I left and I was like, I, that wasn't in my plan. Like (laughs) I did like when I, you know, told everybody I was going to school for architecture, I didn't know that, you know, like that I was going to feel so strongly about this. And so like the entire, my entire senior year, like, you know, leading up to to graduating, all I was doing was second-guessing this decision to go to Kent to study architecture. Well, you should mention your little trip. You took a little road trip. Which road Well, trip? you got on a plane. The one to Germany? To Germany. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, the place I all went, 18-year-olds go. Well... Get away in February. <laughs> yeah, in the middle away. of the school year. You went on a mission trip. To right Germany. before COVID, really. Right. Took, really, took literally. Your thing. Literally, got home just yeah. in the nick of time. Um, yeah. So that so, was a pretty substantial. Well, and it's interesting. So the trip to Germany was my th- third short-term missions trip that I'd ever been on, and um, and I was really, I was like, I was looking for answers on that trip. Like I was hoping, you know, I was going to leave that and I was going to know what the next right step was. And while I was there, there was a lady who, um, during a, a time of prayer or something, she had a vision for me and she explained it as, um, and I still, I don't even know what to do with this vision now that I'm thinking about it. But anyways, she explained, she saw me as this little plant in a dark place she said it wasn't dark because it was evil but just dark because it was like lacking something and um 
she said, and it was almost, she said it was like a cellar. And she said the plant that I was kind of started to grow and push up towards the ceiling and the leaves pushed the cellar doors open. And it was suddenly like this, um, she said there were three, several things that she said, like I got clarity in a, in like a gray area kind of a thing. Um, there was, what was the other? I don't know. There were so many, there were so many parts to it, but at the moment I was thinking, oh, like, like that means like I get to go do missions or something because she even said, she's like, <laughs> she's like, I don't, she's like, I can't say this over you because I don't know for sure. But I do wonder, you know, if, if it's something like, you know, like God's calling you to missions or something like that. And, and so I sat down, I had a conversation with, um, Mo Monique Hurley shortly after that. And um, we talked a little bit about like marketplace ministries, which I guess is this idea of, you know, like people go to school, go to college, they, you know, get these real jobs and then they use it on the field in some sort of way. She's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count that out. Like if you don't feel like God's pulling you away from this architecture thing, you know, that, that could, you know, be a possibility. And so I was like, okay. And so I just kind of rolled with that. And, um, and that's kind of been like, you know, where I've been ever since because like I didn't, I couldn't say that I felt God, you know, like saying, you know, Cassie, you, you can't go to Kent. You can't go study architecture. I want you at, you know, X college and I want you studying, you know, whatever. I want you ready to be a missionary by the time you graduate college. Like I couldn't say that I felt that. And so it just seemed like, okay, I mean, like I'm at the end of my senior year. I got to pick something. So let's keep going with the architecture thing and let's see what comes out of it. And, um, and Len asked me, it was like back in February, he asked me if I felt like I was being disobedient by moving forward with the architecture thing. And I said, no. And I believe that. And I still believe that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I'm not like so, so confused. So I'm not a translator of visions or anything, <laughs> <laughs> but if you hadn't explained what people thought that vision meant, I almost was thinking you're in a dark place and you're going to come out of it. Right. And there, yeah. And there was more to that. Like freedom was another one of the words that she used, um, which was a word that somebody else had used when they were talking to me. Um, and that was what I, I was drawing conclusions to also was, mm -hmm. you know, because I was already in that seasonal depression and feeling so low. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing that it makes me think of is in order for that plant to get up, to push those, push those cellar doors open that meant that it had to not only get really strong in the dark place, but grow in the dark place. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> you, when you, this is a thing about, if I can go back to that question you were asking about hope and do I have to have some before he'll do something? This is the same equation to me. It, it, walking with Jesus isn't just about having a great life. Yeah. And this culture teaches that it is. Mm. If you walk with Jesus, you get a great life. Mm. And all the stuff, good stuff happens to you, and you have amazing stories. That That is just not true. You don't get a good life because you believe in God. Jesus even said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Mm -hmm. That's life. What he promises is that there is a relationship that you can now have that is going to be far beyond anything of this world that'll give you something to walk with, someone to walk with through it. Mm -hmm. 
And that is a bigger uh, source of life mm-hmm. through the cloudy winters of Ohio and all the stuff that comes with it. And I think, you know, in hindsight now, and I wish I would have been smarter when I was younger I, I, to understand that it, you you have to learn how to go through hardship. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to walk and keep walking when you are fighting seasonal depression, when the cloudy days just won't stop, mm-hmm. when the sun won't come out, when the cellar doors are closed, when there's no answers, there's no hope, there's no nothing. Do you have the capacity to every day say, well, I just you know that there's a whole lot of reasons why I don't want to take another step. Oh, okay, Jesus, I'm gonna just because you're here. If a, when a person comes to that kind of maturity, you can go through anything in this world because it's no longer about whether it's good or bad. Yeah. It's because you're with him. And it's not whether you have anything to give <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's because you're with him. Right. That's what makes a huge difference. Because architecture, uh, architecture is not the solution to a good life. Right. Any more than any other career is a good solution to a good life. Right. It's something you might be good at, and you're going to find out. It's maybe something you're going to do the rest of your life, and you're going to find out. <laughs> you may find out that you learn some principles in architecture, and then you never practice. I, I got all this degree, and I didn't work in an office one day. In my whole life, I haven't worked in a single office. <laughs> so you don't know. Yeah. Jesus knows. And I think one of the things you were saying earlier, you're tired of waiting. <laughs> Man, you weren't standing in the same line on that one. <laughs> I'm tired of waiting too. But I hear Jesus constantly saying, so? <laughs> are you are you with me or are you more about getting the thing? Yeah. And that was when we were talking about having you on the program, that is the one question I have for you uh that I most wanted to hear about is how does someone your age facing all the stuff we're having to face right now and every seems like every fiber of our current culture being unraveled before our eyes and the things that you could look forward to you're kind of they're kind of they're real uh like shifting sand almost mm-hmm. how does someone your age handle that mm-hmm. cuz you know being a somewhat jaded 50 year old you you kind of approach things oh, well, I, yeah okay i lived my younger years i I can sit in my basement. I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) What is someone who's 18 who's got this whole regiment of things to expect? What do you do? How how do you do that? And how do you walk with Jesus? First, we're going to switch Keith's name to Sunshine. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. (laughs) How do you get through this and how do you walk with Jesus? I don't don't know. You don't know how to get through it, do you? No, I don't. And I'm still trying. That's what I'm trying to figure out, I think, is how to get through it. Because there are some days where I literally, like... Like, I just went out. Like, there's, like, why why keep going? Why bother? Because, you know, with the state of our world and with where I feel, you know, like, 
like I don't know what I'm waiting on I don't know what I'm you know expecting out of all of this and I don't like why <laughs> like why um you know is it okay for an 18 year old to not feel guided by the Holy Spirit right now like to make these decisions you know what I mean like um just because you're not sure that God's talked to you and said go into architecture <laughs> isn't it okay to still go into architecture and not feel that pressure Right. I like the way he's wording. Yeah, it. absolutely. Because right. God will let you are his precious daughter. And here's the thing. If you could take a snapshot of any of us adults that, you know, speak with confidence on Jesus. We weren't <laughs> doing a podcast at 18 talking about our feelings. You yeah, no doubt right. about it. Right, right, so right. first of all, I want to applaud you for that, because mm-hmm. most people that talk that get on a podcast to talk about Jesus, at least are kind of like somewhat like they've they're not 18 they've <laughs> lived you know yeah yeah <clears throat> and what i see you doing right is you're not you're not pretending everything's okay mm-hmm. you're completely honest about where you're at and you're not trying to make it okay for other people or trying to you know hide it you're bringing it out into the light and that's like which makes you a perfect thing. guest for our program. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's the truth. And the truth is we don't have to have the answers because here's the th- and here's what I've learned in growing with the Lord is it is a constant um, one foot in front of the other of am I going to choose to believe his word over my feelings? I've prayed that prayer so many times. But the thing that we can all confidently confidently say is it's worth it. Like you're 18. So you haven't had this really long walk with Jesus and, you know, faith after faith after faith, you know, glory to glory. Like that's how it works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so sometimes you just rely. That's why we live in community. We just rely on the faith of others. Yeah. You know. Well, and I was thinking too, like talk about like, you know, trusting, like trusting God, like, you know, submitting and giving up control of things and stuff like that. Like for the longest time, I didn't really, like, understand that. Like, I was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to, but I feel like I'm doing pretty good on my own. And so I don't know that I really, like, need to. Because mm-hmm. I'm, like, seven, 16, 17, and, you know, like, n- life isn't throwing much at me. And, um, wow, it was like... Wow, what a statement. <laughs> I know, no, I'm not do. trying to be facetious right. or anything. No, like, that's a, that's a powerful statement, though. Yeah. Life isn't throwing much at me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're... <laughs> Your observational capacity is amazing. (laughs) Really, I don't know. I don't know how many people that I know in their twenties or thirties recognize that that's the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, to to even see uh, this isn't this isn't really bad. Yeah. Like some people have it. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, yeah, and that was my thing. It was you know like like I can do this much on my own because it's not much. And then there was some point, um, like early in the beginning of my soft my senior year and I was like I just I didn't realize I was missing that like I didn't realize that I failed in that way and like I don't like I can't do that on my own like I can't actually like I I wouldn't have known and so um and so like that whole idea of you know like submitting things to God and and asking him for help and you know putting trust in like real trust in him um that things are going to be okay and that you know, what's, what'll be, will be, and, you know, that kind of stuff, that started to click, and then I was, you know, like, practicing it while I was on that missions trip, like, there were times, you know, I was with, 
I was with a bunch of other, like I was with adults on that trip. Like we went around like our first meeting around the table and everything and everybody introduced themselves and they said something about themselves. And usually it was, you know, like I'm a wife and I have like four kids <laughs> and I got there and I'm like, so I'm 18 and I'm not <laughs> married and I don't have any kids. But, um, but yeah, so I'm on, I'm on this team with experienced adults and, and I'm leading a group of small children and I'm like, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, like this doesn't make sense. Like what is happening? And so all throughout the week I was, you know, just saying prayers, like, I can't do this. I don't like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I kind of need your help. And that was working for me. And then it was like, I got home. Did you hear him more? Yeah, we were good. We were doing good. Like that <laughs> in that moment, things were great. And then, um, so yeah, so then I got home, March happened and it, like coronavirus hit everything was canceled and i was like okay i would like to take control back again for a little while it feels like a little bit too much to trust you with everything um and how many then, times do you think you've said i don't really want i don't know what i'm doing i need your help when when since I was, you got back since i got back from the trip yeah how many how many times have you said it in comparison to wait the amount of times you were saying it on the trip Oh, it wasn't nearly as much as when I was on the trip, but um, okay. there were a handful of times. <laughs> and um, you think getting less and less? Oh, like um, up till now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like up till now? Well, I I stopped. Like once. Okay. Once the coronavirus happened and everything started to get canceled, I I was like, okay, I'll pray to you about other people and you know for their <laughs> things, but. <laughs> I don't know what, like, yeah. But I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. We can tell you're good. Thank you. (laughs) I'm doing so well. I feel so great. Um, And so, yeah, so that's what I've been doing for the last, I don't even know how many months. And, um, and I, again, I came to a point where I was like, okay, why are you, why are you doing that? Like, why, why don't you just say the prayer? And the only thing I could come up with is... Jesus is my last resort. Like, if everything else fails, that's supposed to work. Like, mm. I'm supposed to be able to pray to him, and it's supposed to work out. Mm. And um, and if it doesn't, then what? That sounds a lot like surrender, which is the word that keeps coming to me. The more you talk, most of us aren't a fan of the word surrender because it implies, (laughs) listen, I know adults that are still saying, I've heard, I've had this The Bible is full of those people. Yeah. (laughs) I just like if, but if I gave it all to him, if I just laid it all down, like, oh, I just don't know what would happen. Right. I just don't know what that means. And it's like, and it's weird because in my brain, I know that, you know, like he promises me all these good things, like a hope and a future and, and you know, whatever. And <laughs> whatever, and it's, it's going to be great. But, you know, in my heart, I don't think I know that yet. And so there's still a lot of like fear, I guess. Fear, I guess. Fear? <laughs> so, so Safe yeah, it's not, maybe it's not so much him being a last resort it's if you if you 100 percent um what's the word you use surrender surrender (laughs) then your life might take a completely different direction yeah and you're scared of that happening maybe yeah 
Why does that well, excite me you know totally, what? even if you <laughs> say that? But you know what? I, look at the trip in a different light. What if the trip had nothing to do with Germany, nothing to do with missions, and everything to do with you getting to experience for a week or two or however long you were there, what it looks like to depend on him? Yeah. Day not by even, day. and not just depend on him. I don't want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. To work with him on a constant basis. Yeah. In a situation where you know you need him. Mm hmm. And then you get to go through COVID and high school and no prom and no graduation and college is weird. And he gave you that one little moment to see just a a little glimpse of what it looks like to be in a relationship with him. Not a belief system, a theology, a doctrine, all this stuff. I went to church and Sunday school and I I did what my parents told me. And Mm -hmm. I did communion on Sunday when they handed it out. I'm talking about really walking with him right that that's different and from my point of view that sounds like what he's trying to work with you on (laughs) because that is the answer to the bigger question of why am i here yeah why are we here because because i can tell you (laughs) to love to love him him, to love him and to bring and to love people Love God, and love I people. think you can be an architect yes. and do all those things Absolutely. And, and be just display just as much glory, show off his glory just as much <laughs> in that field yeah, yeah, that you can in Germany how many, or in somewhere else. How many unsaved artists are there? That's what I was just thinking. That How many unsaved is, architects are there? Yeah. Tons. Yeah. You want to meet godless people? Plenty of artists and architects out there who are totally godless. It's it's true. It's true. And have never been in church, never heard the gospel, Mm -hmm. and have a very high sense of arrogance and pride about what they think they know. That's true, too. Because I think that's the hard part, I would say, with people that are um, highly intelligent. Like, I've always always put it this way. Like, if C.S. Lewis can believe in God, I can, because I look at him... (laughs) It's like he was this brilliant atheist. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so I don't have that brain capacity. So I I feel like if, and I'm not saying I might base my relationship with Jesus Christ on C.S. Lewis, <laughs> but just hear me out. Because when you are, when you have the capacity to think so deeply and to, and to question so many things, it can almost feel like a handicap, I would imagine. I think it is. Oh, yeah. I okay. would think so, yeah. yeah. And, and when you're maybe... I'm not calling myself simple-minded, but you know the the God says we're supposed to have childlike faith, and when you can think that deeply, it's kind of hard to be childlike. Yes, that's what I was going to say. The answer to Cassie's problems, we need to make you dumber. <laughs> we we need, you need to take stupid need pills. To, yeah, you need to be less mature, Cassie. Come on, need to go back to the crayon. Stop thinking so back much. Back to the crayon. <laughs> Back to the crayons. That's a good shirt. We should do a t-shirt. Back to the crayons. I like it. That's powerful. Yeah. It is. And, and when, when Melissa and I were talking, we were talking about the show, and we were talking about the name of the show, and the, the name is Recreated, which means that when you become a Christian, you're a new creation. It doesn't mean that when you become a Christian, life is perfect and easy. Mm-hmm. That's not it at all. And I this is so important to have real true dialogue of all of our struggles mm-hmm. we all have struggles you just happen to be realizing them at a young age mm-hmm. you're just fresh in the middle of one mm-hmm. 
but you do definitely put a lot of pressure on yourself. I, I can tell. Um, <laughs> and I don't know what the answer is to that. I think it's to just give it to Jesus and be like, you know what? He's not telling me not to do this. So until he tells me not to do it, I'm going to do it. And yeah. I'm going to try and try to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I want to tell a little story. Yeah. Maybe this will this will give you a little perspective. I, you know, I, it's no secret that I was with a Jewish man for two decades. And he he was a profound scholar for all of his f- other faults. And he came to me one day. And he was always fascinated by my architectural craftsmanship, woodworking stuff. And he said, I found this amazing thing, and you got to hear it. So he says, I was looking up this word, um, uh, carpenter. And he says, you know what that, the Jesus was a carpenter. He said, yeah, yeah, he was made furniture. And he goes, no. <laughs> said, That's what everybody thinks, but it's not that only. Did you know that in that culture, carpenter was had a double meaning, and all carpenters were also Torah scholars. Oh, because the mind to be a carpenter in that day was a builder, kind of like a architect builder type person. Mm-hmm. The mind to conceive of a building and space is the same mind that you need to look into the scriptures. And we had a lot of conversations about this. That because in those early days when he told me about this is you're, you know, I was wrestling with you like like you were when my in my early 30s what's the point of this whole thing that I got a degree in and now I'm not using it and who am I if I got that and now I'm not using it, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, it's possible the Lord let you go through all of that to see the depths of what your your capacity is so that it would prepare you to be able to relate to him on a level that a lot of people can't. Like, there's, this is just a fact. Some people can't see in 3D. Imagine something in 3D. They just can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's not a downer on them. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't, I can't, I'm not a Michael Jordan, and I will never be a Michael Jordan. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't play baseball, basketball to save my life. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Somebody tells me I'm not a basketball player, you are absolutely right. <laughs> you stink at basketball, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. I stink at it. But that same person, if I describe for them, if go up in the attic and nail a board on that left rafter, and put a nail in the right side, they won't have a clue what I'm saying. And that's okay. The The thing that I've learned is there is a certain type of person who can see into the Bible in very interesting ways mm-hmm. that others can't. And there's a hidden gift that kind of percolates there that some people never touch because they don't know. Oh, that's magical. They just don't know. You may have a capacity you ha- just haven't learned yet, and the Lord's doing something in my estimation that maybe most people wouldn't recognize, and that's much like what happened with Samuel, 
before Samuel was ever a great man, he was lying in his bed and God was talking to him and he didn't have a clue who it was. And there was this guy who was a miserable priest in Israel and he had the wherewithal to say to Samuel, uh, maybe the next time whoever that is talks to you, you should recognize it's the Lord <laughs> and just say, here am I. <laughs> and <laughs> thus began at a very young age a conversation between a living God and a young person. And that person turned in one of the best men that Israel had ever produced. And that's probably true. (laughs) Because a conversation started. Forget all of this other superfluous stuff. And if I could say that to your age group, stop watching the news, stop watching all this stuff, because ultimately none of that, it's gonna come and go like Mm -hmm. like a spring breeze. If God is talking to you, and it sounds like he is to me, mm-hmm. if he takes you on a trip and there's something there happening, architecture is a small thing. What you do in this life is a small thing. You have a relationship. It's not great today, okay. You don't like him today, that's fine. <laughs> do you like your husband every day there, uh, Mrs. Farnsworth? <laughs> You're probably asking I... the wrong person. She probably really does. Well, no, I've been- I've been annoyed with him lately. I'm just kidding. So I there is it. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you been of... annoyed with your wife? Um, <laughs> yeah. Of course. Has she been annoyed with you? She's always annoyed <laughs> with me. Okay. So is, it, is a relationship perfect every time? No. 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 You have an experience in a relationship now. Was it perfect every single day? <laughs> no. No. Right. So why do we expect perfection in Jesus in that relationship? Yeah, when we're imperfect. Yeah, when we're we can't handle our emotions the way he when we don't listen. And why do we expect something? You know what we should expect? Just to talk to him every day. Hmm. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, I'm yelling at you, but I'm talking to you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not happy, but I'm talking to you. And I think he loves that, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great mm -hmm. that's a great story. The carpenter. Yeah. I'm, I think you have the capacity. You, you don't know <laughs> what you have capacity no. for. You have no yes. idea. Yeah. But why, why would he turn a switch? Mm-hmm. This little trip is like, that's like a, a major monument in my estimation in your life. You, in thir- 20 years, you'll look back on that moment and go, oh my gosh, that was a big one. You know, another thing's coming to me, this painting that you started how many years ago? Well, it's of a desert. You started this yeah. painting how many years ago? Um, it was 2018, May okay. of 2018, I think. That you started it. And what's the verse that goes with it? It's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Tell them the verse, Cassie. I don't know the verse like perfectly, but it's something about how it's, it's in Isaiah. And he brings... Um, like essentially streams and springs into the desert. And I think of times in my life when I've gone through a desert time and it seems like right before that I have this experience with God, at least for me, I, I have this experience with God where it's like we're close and we're, there's this thing and and I see what it could be. And then I go through this desert and it's almost as if I can go back and look at my life and be like, oh, oh. So like I look at your Germany trip and he's like, oh, this is this is what you have with me. This is this is you and me, kiddo. This is how it looks. And then you go through this desert time. 
and then you have this verse and this painting that you're still working on. <laughs> yeah. Which do you, ha I mean, are you seeing any connections? Yeah, sure. I yeah. mean, I think one thing I would say is to not be afraid of the desert and to not be afraid of, I think you're doing excellent and just not being afraid of these feelings and admitting them because I, you know, a lot of times what happens is we go through these dark times and then we almost add, um, what's it called? Pain injury to pain or pain to injury or whatever. Kick yourself. You kick yourself while you're down. Insult to injury. Yeah. Insult mm -hmm. to injury. Insult to injury. By fearing Very the good. feelings. Instead of just, <laughs> instead of just experiencing them, we're like, oh my gosh, this is so dark. Oh gosh. Ugh. Instead of, but you're just owning that this is where you're at. So what you're saying is Christianity has expectations of a certain kind of way of handling life. Right. Yeah. When God's help you and the Lord have been working on this painting for how many years now <laughs> about streams in the desert? I don't know. I mean, I feel like there might be something to that. Yeah. And, and you could leave here tonight and it, you're going to feel the same probably like yeah. just because we're saying all this stuff doesn't mean right. you're going to change, <laughs> but we're trying we're seeing so many <laughs> connections and right. God working in you. We're like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> yeah, like we can't just take away depression. No, you, no, it, you can't do that. No, no, but no, life is tough. Yeah, life is tough. But that's, God uses it all for His glory, and that's yeah. why I've heard somebody once say, "We have to thank God for the good and the seemingly bad because we're just not smart enough to know the difference because He uses it all." Mm -hmm. Huh. Mm, interesting. He uses it all for our good. And like I've told my girls a million times, if I can find a way to grow and become a better, healthier, more loving, patient, kind, <laughs> compassionate person that doesn't involve me going through or them going through suffering, I will totally let them know as soon as I find out. But the mm. truth of this side of heaven is, is that you don't get one without the other. Yep, that's you just true. don't. You don't. But you get Jesus. You do get or Jesus. Or you don't get Jesus. <laughs> well, if that, you don't want to have him, he's not going to force himself on you. Well, that's what I'm saying. You <laughs> either have him you either have him, or you don't have him. Right. And I think if you want to, you know, I saw, I saw somebody one time uh, make this comparison. It's not that, um, it's not about how great a thing you get to do in life. It's what distinguishes you when you do whatever you do. And for a Christian, what distinguishes you is that you're with Jesus. Mm. So you could be a average whatever. Yeah. But you have Jesus, and all of a sudden one day, because he knows a whole lot more than we do, he says, why don't you do this this way? And a lot of people will poo-poo that and say that's not real. Uh, I've seen it work and I've seen it happen mm -hmm. and I have many, many friends who have tried it and it's worked. Mm -hmm. And they've been in ho-hum jobs doing ho-hum things and one day they were just praying, Lord, I'm just, I just want a way to distinguish my walk with you in front of these people that I, I work on cars with. Mm -hmm. Well, instead of doing that that way, why don't you do that that way? Oh, okay. That doesn't make sense. Don't, don't make <laughs> sense. Just do it. Right. <laughs> And they go do it, and all of a sudden, there's two or three people going, what made you think to even do that? And now what do they have? 
perfect opportunity to say, oh, well, I was just praying. Mm-hmm. Who are you praying to? Jesus. Oh. And that's why, yeah. Yeah, he told me. <laughs> oh. This is what the world needs. And that's far more important than building a really cool building. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, ex- absolutely, because you could put it into architecture. You could even put it in your school right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cassie, where did you get that crazy idea for that building? I don't, I've not seen anybody put something, well, I was praying, because I didn't know what the heck to do. It was three o'clock in the morning, and I have this weird relationship with Jesus, and when I don't know what to do, I ask him, and he throws these weird ideas at yeah. me, and I tried it, and... <laughs> yeah. And Or even the way you compose yourself. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Like people see that. I've had people during my my adult life, and and one job I remember, the CEO had me come in. He was laying everybody off, <laughs> <laughs> and he had me come in, and he said something. He's like, "So how you doing? You know, I know this isn't a good time." I'm like, "Well, I, I think I'll be all right." I'm. He said, "He said, you know, you're different. What is it?" And I told him, "I'm a Christian," and he's like, "I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was something about you." And people are watching. You know, and I think he said that to you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so no matter so, where you are, what you're doing, that who's watching you, Cassie? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And not to perform perfectly, but to be real. Exactly. That's yeah. not at all what I mean. Is like for you to be able to get through architecture at Kent State, one of the hardest things you could probably do to be able to get through that and to support other people doing it could be super powerful oh man no doubt so we've taken over this show <laughs> yeah is there something you'd like to say because i have two things that i've thought of that i want to say to you but go no you can say yours go ahead well two <laughs> things that you need to realize because you have it's you a have, counseling <laughs> session i know <laughs> build up cassie in <laughs> her all, generation session <laughs> well, well because that's what this is about there will be in my people yeah, yeah from your generation yeah. listening and yeah. i think that's one thing that i would say to them and to you is so you're going through a hard time you're going through a a rough hard transition uh, you know unprecedented unparalleled all that and two things i know although i don't know where the scripture or scripture is depends on how you want to say it sure (laughs) keith's gonna know this is how we do it i say it and he's gonna tell you where to find it Um, i didn't know where her verse is so. so you know i could see right now being in this time and you know you're like where's god and i don't feel him and i don't hear him and i don't see him and and all those things but you are in christ because you accept accepted him as your savior so with that comes a seal the holy spirit has sealed you you're sealed and that means that you are in his hand and nothing nothing can separate you from that so I'm, I, I got two verses going i think right now um nothing can separate you from the love of god so that literally means you're in there's another verse that says you're in his, his right hand like he has an imprint of you like in that's how hard he's holding you so sometimes it feels like it's and i've felt this before where it's like oh what if i let go what if it doesn't matter because you're in his hand so that that's what gives you the right to surrender and there's also a verse, I think it's in Hebrews, that says the call he makes is irrevocable. He has called you. And there may have been a time when you're like, yes, I feel it. I know it with it in the marrow <laughs> of my bones. And maybe right now you don't feel it, but that, that does not make that any less true. Irrevocable is a huge, I can barely pronounce word. Irrevocable. I know when Stephanie right? Meyer used it in Twilight, I thought she used the thesaurus to find that for sure. Right. <laughs> See, it's not on brand for her. <laughs> so, oh, so great. know that, 
Because our feelings, and I know that, uh, partly because you're fruit of my loins, feelings, <laughs> they're, a very, they're a very big thing in our house, mm. <laughs> except for with your dad. But, <laughs> but so sometimes our feelings can feel true because they're so big. But like for the Lord to say, my call on your life is irrevocable. That means that you can trust him. He's got a plan and it isn't about you performing. It is about the surrender, the abiding, mm-hmm. the resting, the breathing, the trusting, mm-hmm. and it will all come. Okay. I, was, I, I think I had like four verses there. Yeah, I was, uh, you're making me think of Job. I had Kurt Schepler in here. As, he did a thing for Freshwater. Oh, it was so awesome. A year and a <laughs> yeah. half ago. Do you remember that? I do. Yes. That was at a time in that book where God had kind of had enough of Job's, <laughs> you know, carrying on, uh, granted his friends were, you know, off base in how they were handling Job because in some ways Job had a case, but Job's belligerence demanded something of God. And God said, okay, let's, let's clear the air and get it, <laughs> put back in their right perspective i have made everything and you haven't (laughs) (laughs) so give me the little bit of respect that i'm due i am (laughs) in control of everything Mm -hmm. even when you think you're in control of what you think you have control of I'm in control. Right. Uh, and I love that both both are allowed. Mm-hmm. God can stand up and be the man, for lack of a better mm-hmm. picture, and I'm allowed to stand up in front of my father and have a, air quotes, discussion <laughs> confrontation if you will yes he fit i don't i don't have to be a and, and i i sometimes get the feeling that we communicate christianity this way that i have to be this put together human being mm-hmm. in all the communication mm-hmm. i don't i can learn that over time mm-hmm. but sometimes i don't have it all figured out I, Abraham is a genius to me because somewhere along the line he figured out how to do exactly what you've been saying, Cassie, just to relax. And whatever he says, I'm just going to do that thing. <laughs> that took him a hundred years to figure that out. <laughs> Don't be discouraged. A <laughs> hundred years before he finally said, okay, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. And I, if I could say that to the younger crowd, life being perfect is is a complete misnomer there is no perfection in this world there's only well i i'm gonna put one caveat there's only one thing that's perfect walking with jesus Mm. keep him close (laughs) because the rest can be just crazy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and don't have all the answers and everything is gray and it's in visions and dreams that I sometimes maybe I think I understand and then I tell them and other people think they understand mm-hmm. and then I find out none of us knew understood it because <laughs> then it's something totally different. Mm. Stay with Jesus. 
because there's not <laughs> stay with Jesus you can be an architect it's okay <laughs> <laughs> you can be an artist for crying out loud it's okay mm-hmm. yeah God made you yeah we had uh, we had Lou Fister on here is there a, is there an beyond a de- shadow of a doubt that that woman's an artist mm. uh, no she is an artist and you no couldn't doubt. you can't take that away from her right you you have architecture it, it, it's not just a thing to do it's who you are mm. yeah when she was little she also used to like to um, organize and move the furniture around and build things <laughs> and she was so cute in her little pajamas after a bathroom oh <laughs> golly here we go <laughs> All right. So did you have any thoughts that you had that you want to share? Because I have another question, a, a final question, if you will. Um, now I'm curious about what the question is. Now. <laughs> well, I, because I got it. It's the Disney thing in me. <laughs> so like, what's good about right now? Um, I was talking to a friend recently. And she was saying how she misses, like, you know, being, she deals with mental illness and things, and she misses being in the lowest place she's ever been because she was, you know, like, comforted and, you know, like, people seem to care more and things like that. Um, so it feels good to be reminded that, you know, like, I have a support system and and people that are there for me. Um, I like that part. (laughs) 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 It's okay if that's your your good thing. Have you taken an IQ test? (laughs) No. (laughs) You should. Have you taken an IQ test? No, I know I'd be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need one to tell me that. That's I'm same. Not, I'm not interested in my like IQ. If, if, I'm I care a, less. if I think I'm maybe a genius, <laughs> yeah. I take it. Right. But I'm not. Right. So what's the point? Exactly. Like, not George Costanza. Or <laughs> <laughs> but that is an interesting way to approach this. <laughs> you struggle with a lot of things, like sh- your mom was saying mm-hmm. with the you're just so analytical you're always analyzing i think your brain probably can't even keep up with the amount of stuff going on in your head you know what i mean yeah and that's geniuses tend to do that (laughs) and geniuses tend to struggle more emotionally because that's happening because they see they see reality more than those of us that don't (laughs) i feel like i'm I feel like he just invaded my soul. <laughs> Why are you a genius? I don't I know think, if I'm I a think genius. So. But I think they're very. Sim- There's been often times I'm like, you and Keith, you're very similar creatures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is she a nine? Well, a one she's with a, a nine one wing. with a nine wing. No. So. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm a nine with a one wing. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think, oh, you totally you are. You nine with only one wing. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I have problems. I'm flying around with one wing. <laughs> flying in circles. <laughs> What's a one? Um, so, the perfectionist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you a good story. <laughs> <laughs> I had this one. This one was 
this was like a, a major life event for me. I was working down in Florida. I think I might have told this on the podcast. I don't remember when I told my story. I was working for this uh, company down in Florida, and I was a woodworker at the time. Mm-hmm. Have you heard this one? I think I, yeah, I think I know what you're yeah, going to say. Yeah, and that guy uh, had a, the GC, the general contractor, the mm-hmm. foreman of that company was sitting in this room the whole day for three days straight, and I was putting panels on the wall going around this huge room, panel, 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 and everybody else was doing their thing in the middle, and it was just me hanging panels. <laughs> and this guy was rude and crude and ugly to everybody. If they got close to him, and he all he did was sit on a bucket all day. He was like 65 towards retirement, just nothing better to do. <laughs> And that's all I did is just rag on people all day long. Like Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, just a grouch. (laughs) And slowly I'm working around and I'm getting closer and closer to where he's sitting. And I'm dreading it. Because I know I'm going to become the target. Yeah. And And you're going to be there a while. And I'm going to be there a while. (laughs) Because I'm a perfectionist back then. I still am. I, I, I don't know if I ever got over it. But I got there and he said, he said, can I talk to you something? I said, uh, yeah, I guess. What? What? What's up? And he said, "You know what? You're the best woodworker in this whole place. <laughs> you are. You do the best work. Of any of these guys out here? You know, <laughs> getting all proud. Wow, I didn't get the the crude comment. That's cool. And then, but you know what? <laughs> I was like, oh crap. <laughs> here it comes. I would never hire you in a second. I said. Well, what are you talking about? Said you're a perfectionist, <laughs> and perfectionists spend all their trying all their time trying to do something that can't be done, mm. and you waste money <laughs> doing it. And then he turned around and he started talking to somebody else, <laughs> and he just left me there with this bomb. <laughs> Truth bomb. <laughs> Truth bomb. <laughs> if there is something, yeah, I can't even imagine that what you guys, what you just said about that is so accurate. Yeah. Perfectionism is a dangerous enemy. Yeah. It's a myth. We have a, a dangerous. saying in des- the design world, GMO, good enough, move on. <laughs> Get to 90% and move on because you can spend the last 10%. You can oh, spend... Man. Days, days on the last 10% mm-hmm. or the rest of your life and never I, Oh, yeah. It. I think, would you say this is true, that you have actually grown in that area and gotten better with that? Yeah, I think about like like art was something I saw a lot in. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I took these art classes after school and um, my art teacher was always, she's like, Cassie, you take so long. Mm-hmm. She's like, just just finish it. It's good. And, um, and it, it, even with like those those oil paintings, you know, like I could really like I could work on those for the rest of my life and and still <laughs> be tweaking wow. things. But you know, I had to have like fifteen projects done by the end of the year, so I had to stop at some point. And um, and and you just like you almost get to a point where you're just you're tired of it, kind of, and you're just kind of like, you know what, like it, it is good enough. Like we can. <laughs> We can be done. We can move on. Yeah. What do you think of the word expectations? Um, it's not my favorite word <laughs> at all. <laughs> Why? Well, 
like I think about my mom and I were talking about recently with college because I like to believe I don't keep high expectations for things um, because that always leads to disappointment. And so I thought that I had my expectations in check for college, but I realized that I had blown it up to be this great thing. Like high school wasn't that great and I had been waiting for college because college was going to be my thing and it was going to feel so natural and it was going to fit and um and I wouldn't have to the transition wouldn't be hard but it was <laughs> and it doesn't feel natural right now and it's not great I don't love it and so yeah that expectations thing do you think <laughs> expectations and perfection work together well, I think in your mind, if all your expectations came true, that would be perfect, mm-hmm. right? So do you? But do it, you, but it ain't gonna happen. Mm-mm. Okay. Do you have that? Do we? I'll say we, just for all of us. Mm-hmm. Do we carry? Not just the two geniuses. That's what. Saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we carry expectations of ourselves? Mm. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, this one with the ex- yeah. Yeah. Well, like I think about like in school, like people talking about how like their parents put high expectations on their grades or whatever. And I'm like, my parents, my parents would literally throw me a party if I came home with a B on my test or my I report did. card. I bought her, I and bought not an a. she did. Not an yeah. A. I bought her she a She doesn't mean a C. No. I mean, one time she got a B, which she actually didn't. She thought she did. And she had big crocodile tears because she got straight A's through high school. Well, through right. her whole schooling. Right. I, sorry. I said that wrong. Um, and so I told her that when, if she ever got a B, I would buy her a cake any <laughs> kind she wanted because she needed to realize that, that life is not about that grade. Like life is so much more than you getting a B. And so she did. And then the next day she's like, oh, there I was extra credit. <laughs> so she did it. And she got it off to an A, but she got her cake. Yeah. Took that cake away and threw it in the trash. <laughs> But no, but I'm just saying like, like I put the ex, and I know that I do that. I know that mm-hmm. I put the expectations on myself, but I, I don't know any different, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. I think you need to learn. Yeah. I got two more. There. Okay. What about expectations on relationships? Oh, I'm learning about that one. <laughs> um, so do you put real expectations on people? I didn't think that I did. I remember I had a friendship in, in middle school. And, um, and we had a kind of a falling out. We had a, a little argument or something, but I remember her saying to me, like, Cassie, you want me to be this perfect Barbie doll and I'm just not. Mm. And I was like, okay, I know that I put that on myself, but I didn't, like, I didn't realize I was, I was putting that on her. Hmm. And I, I don't know, like, I, I I've asked Katie before, I think. You Katie know. is her seven, Enneagram seven sister. Yes. Um, <laughs> so what's it like having a mom who frames everything in Enneagram numbers? It's so funny. We went out to dinner for Katie's birthday. Seven, get over here. <laughs> My dad just started laughing because we look at each other and we're like, this is such a seven thing to do because we're at Wasabi. That's My dad's hilarious. like, you guys in, that num- in those numbers. But um, yeah, it's all the time with the numbers. Yo, one with a nine wing. <laughs> <laughs> but so but funny. I'm very careful and I mean I'm sure this I can add this to the list of things I've done <laughs> wrong but um for them to not think that they that that's there's so much more to the numbers than just their number 
Right. Don't apologize right now. <laughs> yeah, you well, don't. You don't even need to. Because yeah. we know that. Okay. We know that. All right, and yeah. then I'll stop. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to expectations. Were you I expectations. Yes. Yeah. On relationships. Right. On relationships. Yeah. Um. Yes, and I'm also navigating the expectations on romantic relationships too. Um, because your parents messed you up in that. Room. Oh yes, they tell, did. Tell, her, tell them how we it's did you wrong. So bad. My parents lived the Notebook. I think we pretty didn't much actually, but go ahead. They pretty much did. I haven't seen that. Oh, you should. It's Ryan Gosling. It is Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I don't even know who the girl is. All I know is Ryan Gosling's in it. Yeah. So, like, you know, you're like it's it's picture perfect. Their their dating story, their every single second of it. It's just so pretty and so wonderful. And um, when we actually when we, when you guys renewed your vows, Katie and I wrote you know, our own little oh, like speech did. beforehand. And we didn't talk about what we were going to say, but Katie and I both addressed the fact that like, we're ruined. Like <laughs> you guys, you made it look way too good. And now I don't like, I don't know if we'll ever be able to find, you know, a suitable husband. <laughs> and so, so, um, yeah, so there's, you know, like those expectations, but, um, what do you, do you have to do work? to keep those in check i well here's the thing i don't i don't know what in check looks like right now good good answer you know what i mean like that's a good answer like i thought that i was pretty like i thought i was um like good about my like i thought i was kind of reasonable about my expectations and then i was reading (laughs) i was reading twilight from edward's perspective (laughs) because i I just love those books and um (laughs) Wait, wait. So can I interrupt? Twilight. The Twilight? Like the, 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 vampires? the vampires? The vampires. Right. Totally. But you said from Edward's point of view. Are there a, yeah, she like, wrote a new one. A new what one. a cheap way to piggyback. Listen, though, it dollar. was great. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell them in all of their perspectives. Well, listen, so I'm reading this and I'm still, you know, like in a relationship of my own and I'm looking at it and I'm like, is this what this is like? Is this what it's supposed to look like? Like, is this what's supposed to be happening? Right Am now? I supposed to be getting bit in the neck and well, having blood drawn? Not the fantasy vampires. I just mean like the way that he responds to he her and the way that. No, yeah. That's exactly. I wish we had video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can see that. that I'm literally finger twice wag. her age. She's like, yeah. Cassie gave him the finger wag, people. That's great. But no, I'm reading this and I'm like. Like, did I, did I miss something? Like, was this what it was supposed to look like? But then I, you know, I have to remind myself, this is Stephanie Meyer and she's writing from a male perspective, which she doesn't have. So, but what was, what was mama's response when I, what were my exact words? Do you recall? I don't remember what your exact words were. I know the gist of it, but go ahead. What What were your exact, exact words? I want to know what your exact ones were. (laughs) I said, sure, honey, sometimes, or you said, is it like this? Does the guy adore you like this? And I said, it's true that sometimes your dad is a jackass. (laughs) However, I never questioned for a second that he absolutely adores me. And I know that there's times when I'm shining and he's just sitting back and looking on and thinking, that's my wife. Now, will he say those exact words? No, because he's a bit of a caveman. But I know him well enough to know. That in some ways, thinking it at the very least, yeah, with yes. with with deep respect. I'm well aware of yeah. his adoration. Yeah, and so yeah, I said, maybe not in a vampire-y sort of way, but yeah, you should <laughs> feel it. You 
you should feel adored. <laughs> yeah. Not because that... your blood smells so good, but just because you're great. <laughs> is that is that a is that hard to believe? What that um that I should be adored? You mean? Um, yeah, kind. Of. I I don't like. I don't know what that's supposed to look like. Like, is that just because of the climate of life, or is that because of personal experience? I don't know. Um, I or guess age. I can put it like this: like, I'm 18. I've been in one, you know, like serious relationship. And everything I know about relationships is the Disney movies and rom-coms that I've watched throughout my life. Do you know <laughs> and, what I mean? And your, par- and your parents. Yes, and my parents, my lovely parents. So, um... Did you want us to pick fights in front of you? No. Would that have served you better? <laughs> I mean, you guys did a few times, but like... Um, I don't know. I just... And, you know, like, like my dad... I was having a conversation with my dad, and he said you know, this is why you date, so you can figure out what you what you want out of a relationship and what you're looking for, which um, makes sense. Yeah. It's logical. Right. And I think that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Is, you know, like, I don't totally know what it's supposed to look like. But you know that you don't have to know? And know? Uh, kind of. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I think I'm on a journey to figure out what it's supposed to look like. Because, I, I, yeah, I guess you can't really, you just can't, like, start dating and be like, okay, you know, here's my checklist. And he's got to, you know, every single one of them. And it's got to look exactly like this. And, you know, we can be bad at this, but we have to be good at all of these other things. And, like, I don't think that's how that works. Have you so. made a list? You're what do you mean? That, you're saying that, like, you've made a list. No, I, no, I didn't make a list of what the relationship's, because I don't, I don't know okay. <laughs> what the okay. relationship's supposed to look like. But, um, I don't know, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, there's not a whole lot of high school sweethearts stories that doesn't yeah. know, happen very often. They're pretty, no. but so your mom and dad's yeah, you've grown up around it, but it's even though it's I've not told the, the girls repeatedly, no, not at all. and that's right. what we've always told them: like this isn't the norm. This isn't highly recommended for everybody. <laughs> this recommend. is how it we works do not out. recommend. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I just say too? Because like, like I was really rooting for that that. Um, trajectory that, to yes. take that path. I was into that. I was like, that that would be great. Mm. Um and I just the first week of college I had to do this sexual assault training. Mm. It was horrendous. I had to watch videos of actors like pretending to make out while two other actors stood behind them and were like, see, like clearly she's not into it and she didn't give consent and so they should stop what they're doing. Like it was That's nutty. Horrible. Just... It's absolutely horrible. And so like I got to the end of it and I'm like, this is what college dating is. Like, this is what I have to look forward to. I told like, her it wasn't. Awful. <laughs> so yeah, I would have liked to, you know, make the high school sweetheart thing work, but you know, it just doesn't it doesn't God has always a plan. work. And there is a plan. I don't know what it is. And so I gotta <laughs> wait on that and figure it out. Hey <laughs> preaching to the choir on that one. Yes. So <laughs> But that's that's the thing you have to say is I have Jesus and he knows. Yes. He does. Yeah. Even when you just don't want to. Right. Because you do have him. It sounds like to me you have him. Yeah. Yeah, he's there. He's waiting for me to get over myself and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what you said to Mark last last week, which was in your words, profound. When you said, um, 
you probably were saved at 12. God was with you the whole time, but he let you go through it. But he went through it with you, yeah. mm-hmm. knowing you'd come out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now look, look at what he has. He's got a story to tell and a, yeah. Um, so. Awesome. It's been fun. It's been super. Yeah. It's been really powerful. Yeah. Man. Thanks for sharing, Cassie. Yeah, Thanks for thank having you. me. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. You have a good radio voice. <laughs> she does. Thank you. Like mm-hmm. like a like a um a bit of a Disney princess. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Can you sing Let It Go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. I wish. <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. Maybe you should do your own architectural podcast. Yes. <laughs> with Cassidy. Mm, president <laughs> architecture <laughs> with President Cassidy. <laughs> That could be your money, yeah, President Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should be in politics. This has been Recreated Podcast, and we really appreciate you being on uh, on the show with us and paying attention and listen. If you want more information. We have a website, www.recreated.life, L-I-F-E at the end. And you can go there, and we have other podcasts available. We would certainly love to hear from you. There's an email contact form thing <laughs> you can fill out of your... Or email us at friends at recreated.life. Or that, yeah. right there. Yeah. So, uh, Recreated is all about uh, your story, our story everybody's story that uh, meets Jesus and walks and suffers and learns what it's like to uh, receive his mercy for their life. So if you have a story, we'd love to hear it. Please contact us. And until next time, next week, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, have a good week. Yep. And don't forget Jesus. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good one.